0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in yet another overcast day here in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Lorraine Williams, Chief Executive of Claims, a firm that specializes in financial services claims. Lorraine, hello. Hello. Hello, Matthew. Well, thank you for coming on the program today. We might as well dive straight in. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: Um, I think the two words that I would use um, is, is ba- are basically uh, charisma and altruism. Uh, for me, leader is all about others.
0: And how would you describe your personal leadership style?
1: Um... I, I believe that um, hard work ethic is, is absolutely vital here and passion and motivation for what you do. Being a people person and being able to actually motivate um, others but actually um, not actually be superior to others is is the balance that you need to try and actually achieve.
0: Let's go back to an earlier point in your career. In fact, when you first started out in the working world, Was there any particular individual or circumstance that formed the way that you lead today?
1: I think that um, coming from a background where I had to leave school early um, due to um, uh, um, an, an argument my my father chose to have with the headmistress. I'd been actually um, asked to take my exams early because I was ahead of my field, um, and then the headmistress wouldn't allow that. Um, that was that that was quite a difficult start for me. Mm-hmm. However, I started at age sixteen in the Westminster Bank which was next to um, the Bank of England in Threadneedle Street. And that was really where I learned everything about the world. As my father would say, the uh, University of Life and uh, and School of Hard Knocks.
0: Well, it's so important to have those early influences uh, because it really does shape uh, the way that one uh, uh, develops uh, throughout one's life. Now, of course, uh, leading a business isn't just all uh, facts and figures. It's also um, dealing with human beings with all their frailties and uh, fallibilities. Um, when issues arise within the workplace, um, how do you handle them?
1: I think that um, basically the most important thing is to actually put your team and your people uh, before everything else. I mean, to run, a, to run a good business, you actually need to have um, – bear in mind both your company ethic, your team ethic, and your client ethic. Um, so, actually, having happy a happy team will promote a happy atmosphere. And actually, just driving everyone towards the inspiration of a common goal or achievement is what I've always tried to strive to do. So, having that sort of charisma and upbeat and enthusiastic approach – I think is really, you know, what that's what makes the difference.
0: Now, uh, of course, uh, with dealing with uh, employees, uh, especially at the moment, it seems to be a hot button issue. Um, we have to deal with the issue of burnout and stress. Um, what is done uh, for your staff when they when they do get a bit overstressed?
1: Well, interestingly, as a sort of a part time hobby, I uh, decided when I was in my Uh, 60s to um, undertake a master's degree in psychotherapy. And um, so the skills that I've developed over over that training period, I believe have have been vital um, in, in actually having that added value to help employees through stress and of course you know, even the bosses get stressed and it's about actually being self-aware enough to understand what stress in the workplace is all about and obviously being inspirational in trying to actually help your staff through difficult periods.
0: Now if I was to ask you to objectively identify the greatest leader living or dead who would that be?
1: Without a doubt it would be Churchill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And what Without is it, a doubt. And what is it about Churchill's leadership style? Um,
1: well, I've always liked his sense of resilience um, and his famous quote that success is never final. Um, failure is never fatal. And it's just the courage to continue that counts. So that's been an inspirational um, statement of his that's always driven me. Um, you can have considerable success with your business and then market changes can make a, a, a you know, a, actually something will be affected that's completely outside of your control. And of course, anxiety and stress comes from not feeling as though you're in control. But running a business, you are going to be up against all sorts of factors that you can't control. So I quite like the fact that it's, you, what you have to do is you just have to keep going forward with your business and, and never give up never, never give up, which, of course, is another Churchill saying. Of course.
0: Now, if I was to ask you, uh, when it comes to your staff uh, and looking at professional development, uh, what's the most uh, key aspect of advice that you could provide to a young staff member looking to succeed in your business?
1: I think it's it's developing a sense of hard work ethic and um, actually w- wanting to actually make a difference in your own place in the company, um, which of course would lead to a career development path in, in any event, cream does always rise to the top. But I believe in looking after everybody in your in your corporation, not just the people at the top. It is the people at the bottom that actually make all the all the difference to the to the smooth running of an operation. So I I actually treat everybody the same. Uh, but obviously, you have a different management style to different tasks that you're that you're actually undertaking within mm. the running of your business.
0: And of course, you're right. Uh, everyone within the business is important, and those especially uh, doing uh, other tasks that uh, some might consider uh, to be rather menial—they're uh, the foundation of a business. And without a foundation, a building will not stand. Um, now. Just going into uh, yourself for a moment, if you had the opportunity to speak to yourself uh, a decade or two decades ago, what leadership uh, strategies would you tell yourself to avoid and which ones would you tell yourself to embrace?
1: Well, it's quite interesting when I look back over my career um, that. There was a there was a there was a current theme that for me that that was going on, and that was, and also it's it's about nature and nurture. Is a leader born or is a leader made? Um, and I I believe that actually, having a sense of just being different is is quite interesting here. Um, certainly, when I look at my own background it was very much other people that were inspiring me and and basically i was always being promoted to take over the running of things and that's been a continuous theme right through my career which was quite interesting for me to reflect on um but it's it was never about myself everything for me has always always been for others um if you've got happy people You've got a happy, you've got a happy atmosphere to work in, and um, you know providing inspiration and a common goal is obviously part of leadership. But actually, um, the key thing is that it's it is for me. It's all about others. So it was very difficult for me to relate to myself as me in this scenario, if that makes sense, um, because it, it was it, my story has got these parallels that I was constantly being asked to take on more as if as if it sort of reminds me of the Beatles song which was always one of my favorites, Norwegian Wood. I wanted to be that girl, um the girl that actually acts as if it under it's understood. And I think looking at my at my um my own history, I believe that others seem to um act as if it was understood, that I should be taking the reins, which is quite an interesting um thing that I've noticed when I've actually looked at this.
0: Now unfortunately our time together is drawing very quickly to its close. But before I let you go, what does the next twelve months have in store for X Claims?
1: Well, we are very much um, creating a business environment that I think is hopefully leading um leading ahead with the claims management industry. So the the whole idea of raising the bar in the level of um Professionalism and personal service that you provide to people that have actually lost money, and in in it certainly, with our particular style of business, they've lost quite a considerable amount of money. This is what inspires me to actually make that difference and putting something back into the world. Um, not only with my psychotherapy work that I do uh, privately and very much in a small way these days, but actually just basically being able there, being there to help others and fighting injustice is the key thing that X claim stands for, because that's something that has always motivated me. No matter how big or small the potential claim would be, I want to fight injustice for others and help them achieve justice when they've actually been potentially misled or missold.
0: Well, Lorraine, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you, and uh, I'd like to have you back on the programme at some point in the near future. Lorraine, thank you. Thank you. That was Lorraine Williams, Chief Executive of Xclaims. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Geoff Hurst.
2: Uh, We're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Geoff Hurst. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on today.
3: uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh,
2: And perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it, and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times,
3: Many many years ago, 1962, I think that was. So I didn't. Um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it. So I'm. It was lucky. <laughs> playing, I guess, one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time. Hmm. Being stuck between the two sports.
2: And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a there's a, another world that might exist where. Um,
3: simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who um, was played under mm-hmm. him, and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. he and He's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over 15 years, I guess. He would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He'd worked with... So you, you're very fortunate i think you, you you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and uh, a great coach as we had in ron greenwood and of course uh, a great manager in so to come across people like that that caliber can have a huge influence on your your career of course and, and then your life and that's that's quite purely the case
2: absolutely and in those early days um at
3: that's griping or moaning about the system, and if you've got people like that in the organisation, one thing I have learned and I've taken on in my life and my family—you've got somebody in a group who doesn't want to be part of it—you you get them out. And Alf, I think, was was quite ruthless about that in his, his staff. And I think that's one thing—I one of the most serious things I think I've learnt over a long period of time.
2: And is there? Do you think? Uh... uh, well, I mean, I can you, you want to tell you if
3: you want? You got time? I can tell I don't, you if you want.
2: Jeff, go on. Go on. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh, doing a, a
3: at a dinner in, in the channel lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening. And there was usual football questions. And then all of a sudden, I heard, a, I heard somebody at the back who I'm sure perhaps uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of the, uh, of fans of west ham and of uh, stoke and of course the uh, England fans who um, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest that i I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration um mm-hmm. Luck. That's absolutely show. He would be the best example, of course, in in football terms today. Uh, Easily, easily. And of course, going back not that long ago, Alex Ferguson is just absolutely, Mm. you've got to take him as the first example because Klopp's only done this for a period of time, a short period of time. But if you look at the 25, 26, 27 years that Alex Ferguson did with Manchester United, and subsequently, since he's gone, how they've